Three. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns. One for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my new friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Kinshaw. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. It's my rifle, it's my gun, this is for fighting, it's for fun. Firearms Friday. Firearms oh, Friday. Good morning and welcome to the program on this uh well, it's a little brisk, uh, 47 degrees this morning as I uh, rolled out of the rack and got ready to uh, jump into this, our favorite day of the week. Uh, a little cool, a little clear, uh, but hopefully a nice sunny day today, uh, wherever you are here in the state of Alaska. I hope you enjoy it as the waning days of summer continue here, uh, 18th of August, ready to uh, <clears throat> ready to soak up as much as that vitamin D as we can here through the sunshine and everything else. Uh, we hope you guys are enjoying it and uh, ready to go. All right, so Friday, today. Uh, we got a lot of headlines to uh, hit on today. Uh, Firearms Friday, of course, that one day a week that we dedicate to the Second Amendment discussions of gun rights and gun news and firearms laws and so much else uh, across the uh, across the country and across the state of Alaska. It's one of the few days a week that we focus on uh, a nationwide issue because I believe that firearms is one of the cornerstones of the ownership of firearms and the right to keep and bear arms is one of the cornerstones of uh, our American experience. It's one of the reasons why we are as um, one of the reasons why we are as free as we uh, as we have been and as we continue to be here uh, on the uh, on the old program. So thank you for coming in and being part of it today. Man, so much stuff, so much stuff. Uh, are you ready to uh, are you ready to jump into this and uh, and and get ready to go? So today on the program, uh, I was working on Jacob Sullum from Recent Magazine, but uh, he uh, uh, was unable to uh, come into us uh, come in with us today. He's got a couple of good articles that we're going to dive into here in just a little bit, talking about <clears throat> excuse me the gun laws. Across the country, and specifically, the latest issues with uh, Hunter Biden, uh, the president's son, who, of course, is facing, uh, among other things, uh, tax laws and some other plans as well, facing some gun charges that, ironically, would seem to put him at crossroads with uh, some arbitrary gun laws that his dad supports. So we're gonna uh, we're we're gonna talk about that here 
in just a bit. It should be a uh, it should be a very interesting discussion um, as we dive into that. Uh, unfortunately, maybe next week we'll see if we can uh, uh, get uh, Mr. Sullivan on board to talk about that uh, as well. Uh, then in hour two, we're going to be diving into it with Chris Chang, Top Shot champion from uh, season four of Top Shot, also the one of the founders of the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association uh, and, of course, a spokesperson for the National Shooting Sports Foundation as well. Uh, Chris will be coming on board in hour two to share some of his his thoughts with us, and uh, we'll see what we'll see what goes on uh, with that, shall we? We'll see we'll see what we'll see what happens there as we move forward. In the meanwhile, uh, and then finally, of course, we'll finish up with Willie Waffle for WaffleMovies.com, uh, where he comes on every week. And uh, <clears throat> talks with us about uh, the news in the entertainment industry, the world, uh, movies, streams, in the theaters. We talk a little bit about everything. So it'll be, it'll be fantastic. It'll be fantastic. Okay. Um, we will <laughs> – somebody just said, it's only 16 more Fridays till winter. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, you could be that guy. Um, I mean, I've been that guy. It's it's kind of it's and you know we talked about this in the past too. The older I get, <clears throat> and uh, I'm getting close to being officially old. I think one more year and officially I'm available. I think I, I think one more year and I can take my AARP card if I really wanted to. Um, but as I get older, I mean, the stuff just goes faster and faster. The weeks just click right on by. And, uh, yeah, you don't notice it. I remember when I was a kid, you know, and it was like you're in your early teens, mid-teens, and summer just seemed to go on forever, you know, forever. And now it's like blink and you miss it. That was summer. Have a nice day. Welcome back to winter. Uh, but there it is. It's, uh, it's, it, it is what it is. And, of course, some people love winter more than summer, you sick, sick people. Uh, because they want to go out and go snow machining or whatever and everything. I don't know. We're, we're all good. Um, all right. <clears throat> uh, also, in hour one today, we're opening up the phone lines for gun Q&A. Gun Q&A all day. Uh, 319-527-3864. 319-527-3864 if you would like to... Sound off on uh, anything related to firearms or guns or you've got questions or things that you've been thinking about, um, then we're ready to uh, there we're ready to we're ready to go and we're doing I'm already at AARP. I thought you had to be 55 to get into the AARP. Not that I <clears throat> that organization, speaking of anti-gun, that organization is uh, already problematic. To say the to say, to say the least, um, but yeah, I thought you had to be fifty five. I was just not quite not quite there yet. I'm working on it, but not quite there yet. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's see what do we got? Oh, phone lines. I said that. We get that. Willie Waffle. Yes, Chris Chang. Yes. Okay, here we go. We're ready to dive in to take a look at all the different things that are going on uh, around the country, around the world. And uh, 
what's happening, uh, what's happening pretty much everywhere um, in regards to the Second Amendment and firearms and all that jazz. Let's uh, let's go on and talk about it. So first things first, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on with Hunter Biden in just a bit. Uh, but before we get that, I guess we should take a look at what's going on with uh, with uh, the Muppet in charge there. Uh, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, has been um, a stalwart defender of gun control for years. Now, luckily, for the most part, he has any minor victories that he's achieved have subsequently been either reversed or sunsetted. Uh, He was a big proponent of the assault weapons ban back in 1994. Um, He vociferously defended it. And uh, up until, you know, 2004, when the law was set to sunset, he was one of the most vocal voices in Congress to try and renew that. In fact, they wanted to just remove the sunset clause completely. It would have left it on the books uh, permanently. And at the time, to my shock and horror... Then President George uh, W. Bush had said, and I was so mad about this. Oh, man, I remember because I saw the announcement and I saw him talking about it in whatever press thing it was. And essentially, he told the Congress, if you get that thing out of Congress and put it on my desk, I'll sign it. I mean, W, right? The new sheriff in town. I remember there was... I had one of them. They were like these little, they look like little sheriff's marshal's badges that was, for, you know, George W. Bush kind of thing, where he was going to be the defender of, uh, he was going to be the defender of the faith. He was going to be the conservative star. He had the NRA rating. He had all this stuff. And then he turned around and said, if you get that assault weapons ban across, you know, across the finish line to my desk, I'll sign it. And although I've never been, a registered Republican. I have voted with the Republicans quite a bit as a libertarian, but that was probably for me, the beginning of the end, uh, for any kind of affinity that I felt, uh, towards any national party figure, uh, towards anything else. Because again, here was a guy that had, um, you know, who that had stood up and said, Oh, well, you know, we, we, we're going to fight for your rights. I've got the NRA endorsement. We're not like the other guys. And I was already had a sinking suspicion based on the size and growth of government post 9-11 already uh, and watching what the fiscal policies of the Bush administration was doing. But that for me was like the final straw was the the assurity that if they got that assault weapons ban through Congress, that he would sign it. I was, boy, I just couldn't tell you how flabbergasted I was on it. Uh, All this to say that President Joe Biden, um, who then was Senator Joe Biden, has been fighting in the trenches for years for all this gun control and uh, has not had a has not had a, a whole lot of luck when this is all said and done. Thankfully, the assault weapons ban expired. And uh, as he's continued to hit all the major talking points uh, over and over and over again, he has proven yet again that he is um, 
well, he's out of touch with uh, pretty much all of America, but it looks like he is set to make this one of the cornerstones of his upcoming re-election campaign. Now, to me, that's good news and bad news. Uh, it's good news because historically, um, gun control has been a losing proposition as a campaign issue for most um, for most Democrats. Um, they, you know, as they push back on this and they've tried to make it a cornerstone or a centerpiece of some of their, uh, of some of their election campaigns, it has overwhelmingly not moved the needle for them. Um, contrary to the belief and based on all this polling that you keep hearing about, well, the majority of Americans support gun control. They support this. They support. Turns out that it's, uh, it's not as easy as that. Turns out that a lot of times people may not, one, be answering the questions correctly because they're afraid of authority and outing themselves in certain concerns in certain areas. We've talked about that recently, how even the researchers are complaining that people are not being truthful on polls and surveys regarding guns and gun laws and gun control. Um, but the bottom line is, is that most Americans are not really interested in giving the government, you know, more authority over their lives. And most recently, the fact that 8 million new, excuse me, 4 million new Americans have, uh, have uh, uh, you know, jumped into the gun culture, jumped into the gun crowd that post-COVID Many of these new gun owners are women, minority, and Democrats, according to, again, all the statistics and numbers that are coming back from the National Shooting Sports Foundation. There's a huge influx of new gun users and gun owners who uh, heretofore had bought the the big lie, you know, the big hook, line, and sinker that it was easier to get a, a it was easier to get a gun than it was to get a library book, and then they discovered that that was not necessarily the case. And so I think it made a lot of them start questioning a lot of the commentary on gun control. But Joe Biden is uh, going to try and make this apparently. And from what uh, a lot of the talking heads are saying, this is going to be one of the major issues that he attempts to push in uh, the presidential election coming up. Uh, and I don't know if he's tacking more towards this because, again, he's seeing some of the push from some people like Gavin Newsom who is also, um, you know, who is, I think, making a lot of noise. We're going to talk about Gavin Newsom here in just a bit, the the, the governor of California. Uh, I don't know if it's because he's forcing that, um, that movement or not, but we're going to have some discussions on that. And uh, he is set right now, Biden is set right now, to make some big sweeping changes again through executive order. And we're going to see... We're going to see how that rolls. We're going to see how that rolls. But I'm going to give you the full details on that here in just a moment. We'll continue that discussion. Then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some other stuff and get into the discussion on Hunter Biden, his son, who now is facing off against some of those same gun laws that his father is so proud of. And so, you know, they thought he was, you thought he was going to get a, a, a sweetheart deal. Turns out, the sweetheart deal, not nearly as good as they thought it was because they really had to try and loop the law around and twist it into a pretzel to make it happen. And some folks were just not having it. All right, we'll continue in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based. 
Free Thinking Radio. the show you can listen to it on your time with dukes on demand oh and it's free like america used to be streaming live every weekday morning on facebook live and michaeldukesshow.com all right welcome back to the program hello my friends hello um, good morning and welcome to the uh, show and, uh, thanks for, for being part of it, uh, with us here this morning. And, uh, I appreciate you guys being part of it. Uh, and thank you, uh, for, uh, uh, thank you for the, uh, uh, thank you for the stars. I saw there's stars out there, Rick and Bill. Thank you for the stars this morning. I appreciate it. Um, let's, uh. Let me, let me kick, let me kick things around here. I got to, I got to change one of my screens, change a screen here. So I know what I'm doing here and I can see some of the other comments in real time, real time. There we go. Okay. Brian and Bill and Rick. Thank you so much. Um, <clears throat> speaking of polling. Got called last night. Definitely Dahlstrom is testing. The, Nancy Dahlstrom is testing the water. Oh, God. What it, um, What was the question? Did it, Was it clear as to what they were talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. I'm just curious. Um, all right. 50. You can get into the AARP at 50? Nah. Yeah. No, I would... Uh, 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 yeah, I, it would be AMAC before I got into AARP. It would definitely be like AMAC before I went anything on that. Uh, although they have had some of their own issues uh, as well. They have uh, been straying a bit from their conservative roots, I would I would say. Just been following what the Mike Coons thing here is, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Let's see. Um, Governor hair gel. Yeah. That's Gavin Newsom. Governor hair gel. That guy is way too pretty. Way too pretty. The fair starts today, says Eskimo Libertarian. The Anchorage State Fair. Uh, the Alaska State Fair. Sorry. In Anchorage. Yeah. Um, lots of Dahlstrom-centered questions and head-to-heads against Mary Peltola. Nancy Dahlstrom would be more of the same. Um, I mean, I would really like to see Chris By come back in a Nick Baggage situation. That's what I would like to say. Uh, I thought maybe you were going to. I thought maybe you were going to thank all for the birthday wishes, but you're getting older and probably forget already. I thanked everybody. I thanked everybody on the stream. I typed it in the chat. And uh, I, I'll say it again. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. It was uh, it was great. Um, but maybe you're getting or maybe you're getting older and hard of hearing, Rick. I'm not sure. I'll have to see. Um, 
Maybe I'll text by and see what he's up to. Yeah, we talked. He and I talked here recently. Uh, he called into the show just arbitrarily one day. Fair is in Palmer, right? Yes, I know. In, <clears throat> right. Yes, you're right. The Alaska State Fair is actually in Palmer. It's not in Anchorage. I just said down in. Man, you guys are ornery this morning. What is up with all you people? Maybe I need to be a little bit more concise in my verbiage. So sorry. So sorry. It's in Palmer. It's on it's on the it's on the old Glen Highway in Palmer, right across from the Snowy Goose. There you go. Don't forget it. <laughs> Bill started it. Did you I forgot my Geritol this morning. Yeah, that's exactly it. I forgot my Geritol. <clears throat> That's that's what happens. Um, all right. Uh, Kenneth says, so much of it is political theater. Nothing's going to happen to Joe for corruption, no impeachment, nothing's going to happen to Hunter. It's all a show for our entertainment. To which I, you know, sometimes I feel that way, Ken. That's, I mean, that's 100% true. Sometimes that's exactly how I feel, uh, unfortunately. But... We'll have to see. We'll have to see what comes out of this. As I get further into this, I think you'll see that maybe there's a possibility that it it might be different. All right, here we go. Jumping back into it, the Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Let's let's do this thing. Here we go. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider The Michael Dukes Show Assault Radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. That's right. Nothing but protection guns for me. Nothing but protection guns. I've never, I've never owned a murder gun or an assault gun. Only protection guns. Good morning and welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. Hour one of the big radio broadcast, and we are in the midst of uh, discussions on headlines and everything else. Phone lines, though, are also open at uh, three. I know the phone number thing is killing me. Three one nine five two seven. 3864 319-527-3864. If you'd like to sound off on anything Second Amendment related, if I say something or talk about something that triggers you, you want to take me to task on it, or if you, and the chat room is salty this morning. Man, these guys, they're keeping me on my toes. Don't misspeak. No, baby, don't do it. Uh, anyway, if you guys want to sound off on anything, again, 319-527-3864. All right. So the president, again, pushing for more gun control. He, of course, has uh, made some serious executive actions uh, over the last uh, couple of years here. Again, uh, mostly on the 80% lower kits, um, on, the, um, um, on the arm bracing rules. Uh, they're basically going in and just changing definitions of laws as they see fit through executive action, which has seen a lot of pushback um, from the various courts, especially in light of the Bruin ruling 
from the Supreme Court, uh, that's really given some justices pause. And some of the courts, including the second and the fifth circuit courts, have both uh, basically put stays on a lot of these laws, saying that it is governmental overreach and that these um, bureaucratic organizations do not have the authority to interpret and change laws um, the way that they're doing it. I mean, and it start, it's not just for the ATF. It's not just for gun rights. I mean, the, we saw that the uh, Supreme Court came down on the EPA for their interpretation of the Clean Water Act, uh, saying that they did not have the authority to expand definitions and change things and do stuff like that. So uh, I think we're, we're setting up here for a larger showdown in the near future with uh, the Supreme Court over some of these issues and some of these rules. And quite honestly, uh, I think it's about time. And I think there should be some kind of test, uh, constitutional test, for uh, the fight over executive orders uh, and executive decisions like that. Uh, that is not something that's outlined in the Constitution. And um, it has been an assumed power that the presidents have taken on over the years. And it is, uh, I think it's about time that that gets challenged and decided in the Supreme Court as well. Now's the time to do it, quite honestly. And we, you know, this whole idea that I've got a pen and I've got a phone and I can change American law without any real, I mean, this is a, this is a thing. But back to Joe Biden. <clears throat> Passing, um, you know, parts of gun control laws has been a major component of what the Biden administration has been wanting to do since they took office. And the, one of the biggest things that they've been pushing is universal background check, which they claim uh, are incredibly popular, despite most people not really understanding what all those checks entail. And again, this goes back to the idea that they've polled millions of Americans, only thousands of Americans, but, you know, they try and extrapolate out. They have polled millions of Americans to find out if they support universal background checks, and they come back with something like 88% or something support that. But again, what are the questions that are being asked? What are the scenarios and the differences? And we talked about this. Under If, you, if we did have like a universal background check bill, you could not loan a firearm to a friend. You could not gift it to a loved one or a thing. You could not do any of that without begging the government's permission to exercise that right. And once those details are explained to the respondents of these surveys, the music changes a whole lot, a whole lot. But remember, it's not just about who's asking the questions. It's about what is the question in the long run. But CNN even is acknowledging what is about to happen. Um, thanks to the language of the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, Joe Biden and his anti-gun allies are set to get exactly what they want. Uh, CNN says President Joe Biden's campaign is preparing to make gun safety a central issue of his reelection campaign, and that will start with the official approval soon and big rollout of a new executive action to massively expand background checks for gun purchases. Multiple aides involved tell CNN. Long sought by gun safety advocates, the executive action, which Biden set in motion in March, would expand the definition of which gun sellers are required to comply with federal licensing and background check requirements. It's seen by both proponents and opponents as the most that can be done towards establishing universal background checks without new legislation. 
While it may, may be approved soon, White House aides are already planning a larger event to officially announce it with the president going into the fall with more campaign-related events centered on guns likely as well. So the new definition, which is set up in the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which did the new definition uh, of basically dealer, gun dealer, is basically anyone who makes a profit selling a gun. And of course, again, this all comes back to, remember, this all comes back to definitions, right? This, I mean, this is exactly what the Biden administration and other politicians have been hanging their hats on for years in various forms of law around the country, um, is how they can change or manipulate or fold, spindle, mutilate the definition of something. You know, what is a firearm, right? At 80%, now a block of aluminum is considered a firearm, according to the new ATF regs and the new ATF rules. Um, you know, what, what is a rifle? What is a, you know, what is a, a, a thing? You know, remember, I mean, a gun is not a gun, but a pistol is not a gun. But if you put it, I mean, these are the people that are making the laws. Remember that. Put a pistol on a brace, it turns into a gun. Make some more. You can have a higher caliber weapon, a higher caliber bullet coming out of that gun. It's essentially turning into a short barrel rifle, which has been a weapon of choice by a number of mass shooters. I mean, these are the people that are making your laws, right, uh, who are deciding this stuff. But the new definition basically says that anybody selling a gun for any kind of profit is a dealer. And here's how profit is defined. For example, let's say I buy a gun today for $400. And a year or two from now, the market rate, the going rate for that same gun is $500 you know, due to inflation and, you know, the, what's the, what the market will bear and everything else. Um, and uh, that's an increase of $100. But is it a profit? Is it a profit of $100? Or is it just, again, the cost? I mean, how many how many folks out there own guns that they purchased for, you know, $250, $300, and the market has just gone up and up and up, and there's been a demand change and things, or it's a collectible or something like that, and now its price has gone way up. Maybe even not collectible. It's just, the, you know, all of the guns of that type are now a certain amount. So is that a profit? I mean, an argument could be made that the increase is due to inflation, but the question is whether the ATF will see it as a profit. Not as, as if an economist or some kind of market expert would say it's a profit, but whether the ATF, remember, this is the same ATF that has now said that a brick of aluminum is a firearm. That, this is exactly the same thing. Even if the ATF figures that the inflationary increase is not a profit, people are still going to run into problems because most people aren't going to figure out how much of any increase is due to inflation. They're not going to just do the math on it. So a lot of people who just don't want to be bothered by it will end up going through gun stores and likely try and avoid the hassle of dealing with the government and everything else. I mean, so do you just basically sell all your guns at a loss? I mean, and who's keeping track of that? If I buy a gun, how do they know how much I spent for, paid for it? If I buy it on the secondary market, how much do they know I paid for it? I mean, it is unenforceable in many ways. This law is unenforceable in in that regard, um, unless 
you mandate that there's some kind of tracking of any purchase of a firearm, which again is problematic and I won't be complying with that. So just sorry, it's none of your business, right? And yet um, there are there is some good news in this. There is some good news in this in that uh, loaning a firearm to a friend or a family member doesn't constitute making a profit. Gifting a gun to a friend or a family member is not making a profit. And though you, so then you would be exempt from, from those kind of requirements. So, I mean, there is like a, a little bit of a shiny side on this. But buying a new gun and selling it at a depreciated value is still exempt because it's pretty clear that there wasn't a profit. Although, again... With inflation being as much as it's been lately, uh, the deprecated value could theoretically appear higher than the new price, though that's unlikely. I mean, it just it, it this is very convoluted. And again, I think is a clear example of why the idea of executive authority and presidential executive orders needs to be challenged at the court level. And this kind of law and creation by fiat needs to stop. I I think this needs to stop. This completely aberrant. I mean, the founding fathers never envisioned the idea of an executive order. That was something that was glommed onto later on by other politicians and has just kind of been accepted. And I mean, there have been thousands and thousands and thousands of executive orders over the years. But no more than in the last you know, 15 or 20 years, have they been more onerous and more dangerous than ever before, including Donald Trump's executive orders on, you know, the bump stocks and everything. I mean, the every, every president, I think, every president who's been using these has been uh, making a mistake. But this idea that somehow he has a pen and he has a phone, I know that was Obama's thing, but, you know, Biden is using the same thing. He's got a pen and he's got a phone. And that he could somehow go in there and sweep in and white knight this stuff and make it all good because it bypasses the complete legislative process and the representational process put in place in the Constitution by the founders. It's wrong. It's wrong. It should be illegal. And we should be fighting against it with every fiber of our being. I see. I just got a. Uh, I see. I just got a phone call. Looks like it's Fred from Rhode Island. So we're going to pick it up with Fred here on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit about Hunter Biden and his travails. We'll return in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. It is Firearms Friday. Back with more right after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. All 
All right. Uh, we're in the break right now. I believe this is uh, Fred in Rhode Island. Let's double check. Good morning. Hi, Mike. How you doing? It's Fred. Hey, Fred. <laughs> All right. Good. I know when I'm using the direct number like this, I can actually see the caller ID of people. So I figured it was you. Um, hold the line, Fred. We'll be right back to you here and we'll jump back into this when we get back to the radio. So hang on the line here. We'll get back to it. Let me get caught up in the chat room and see what uh, what folks are saying here. Gun safety advocates, says Brian. That's clever wording. I mean, that's it. That's exactly it. Gun safety advocates. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. That Biden clip makes me want to barf. I mean, it, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I mean, the Tucker... Uh, you know, the Carolyn McCarthy clip, the, the, the Schumer clip, the Durbin and the, I mean, the, the, Dick, the Dick Durbin. We all know that because of the ammunition magazines that can be strapped on to so many pistols that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. What? Ammunition magazines that can be strapped on to so many pistols that these become automatic weapons similar to AK-47s. I mean, these. You strap on an ammunition magazine and it turns it into a full. I mean, there is so much stupidity in there. So much stupidity. Uh, There's no reason for the ATF to exist. Every crime they investigate could easily be handled by other law enforcement agencies. Yeah. I mean, just, you know. Um, Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, self-defense is, this is Alaska. We don't need, we don't have a shooting range at the fair. What? I, I don't, do we need a shooting range at the fair? I don't I'm just curious. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, uh, sure, sure. 40, 40 foot Connex. So if you give a friend a gun as a gift and he gives you money as a gift, we're all good, right? Asking for a friend. Well... I guess you could classify it. I mean, I guess it all depends on the classification. This is all shades of... And here's the thing. This is part of the problem. Making it so convoluted for the average person, the average American to comply with the law because it is so vague and is so open to interpretation should automatically disqualify it as as an actual law. Because when it's so convoluted that you've got to have a slide rule and a freaking supercomputer to figure out whether or not it it complies with the law is wrong. It should be in fair language, uh, reasonably understandable by the average American. And that's just not the case in many in many instances here, especially when we're talking about the vagaries of, um, you know, definition. What is something? You know? It's, that's, you know, that's so frustrating. <laughs> it was so, so frustrating. Um, we'll, we'll, oh, we'll see what goes on here. All right. Um, that's weird. Um, I was looking at, uh, the young ones, Bill Brock, maybe for the young ones. Shooting competitions. Um, oh, yeah. I know Facebook is, man, 
I know that Facebook makes up the majority of the viewership of the broadcast when I, you know, I'm simulcasting the radio show here on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Um, and I know that um, Facebook makes up the majority of the broadcast, probably about two thirds of the broadcast viewers that are watching the show right now. But man, I got to tell you, Facebook has got some stuff. I mean, they, you know, these. These things where they take it out of context, they take things out of context, uh, and then they say, uh, you know, if you get a warning or something, you know, so they unpublished a page that I was in charge of here recently. The page had nothing but basically weather updates, police updates about road closures and things like that. And all of a sudden, it's like, we've unpublished your page because you're violating community standards. No warning, no nothing else. Just it did, and and try and find somebody to talk to to get somebody to respond to. It's just and and a lot of this is being done by, you know, algorithms or computers. Rick posted something about no, being no shooting ranges at the fair, that we could use a shooting range there for young ones for competition, and he said maybe for young ones. And then Bill says that's weird. I was looking right at your comment you made about the young ones, and it suddenly disappeared. And is it because, I mean, I could see it because it's sent to another, it's sent to another chat widget for me. So it didn't get pulled for me, but it's just weird that they've got these algorithms out there that are essentially in real time, moderating your speech and pulling it back when that was an innocuous comment. I mean, I made a comment about somebody had a video of a spider in a car that was running around and the gal like, Oh, she got out and ran out and she was all freaked out. It's a funny video. And I said, Oh, now we have to burn the car. And I got flagged for it. Why? Because there's some computer algorithm that says that's what it is. It's insane. All right, welcome back to the program. It is Firearms Friday. Chance to sound off an issue. We've been talking about the president and this new uh, universal background check law he's trying to enact by executive action and some of the challenges and problems with it. I think it'll be nearly impossible to uh, uh, implement it in force, but we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, Fred is over in Rhode Island. He listens uh, every week. To Firearms Friday on the interwebs, and he calls in to share his thoughts with us. Let's go over to him now. Good morning, Fred. How's life and sunny RI today? Yeah, well, not so sunny. We just had big tornadoes and uh, thunderstorms go through earlier. But, you know, it, it happens from time to time. You bet. You bet. So what's anyway, make what? a long story short. You know, this whole thing with Biden and his background checks, you know, I see that as a pure violation of, like, commerce, you know, you know, interstate commerce and just regular commerce laws in general, in your rights in general. You know, what business does he have to sit there and tell you what you can and can't do, what you can and can't sell based on whether or not you make a profit or not? Now, you don't have to be a car dealer to sit there and buy and sell cars. Now, I will say, you know, for, you know, in all fairness, you know, if you do sell a firearm, it should go through a background check to the receiver just to make sure that they're not a prohibited person or someone who should not be owning a firearm. 
who may be under indictment or something But should like that, that be a government mandate? Uh, I mean, yeah. if that's a choice, here's the thing, Fred. You can do that right now. You could say, I want to sell this gun, pistol, rifle, shotgun, whatever it is. You could say that to somebody and you tell them, uh, we're going to do this through a gun dealer. And you pay the gun dealer his fee for doing the next check and it goes through. That could be done right now. Does it have to have a government mandate? Should it be a law or should that be, if you feel that that's important, do you feel that, that people should just have the choice to do that? Well, I think that I, I think there should be I think there should be some type of check just to make sure that the person is a legitimate re, a recipient of the firearm. Because I mean, you know, if, if you know the person, that's one thing. But you know, I mean, just if you don't know the person, obviously, yeah, you'd be crazy to sell it to someone you don't know without doing a background check. Because you know, I mean, they turn around and they they utilize that thing in some crime or some dastardly deed, and the next thing you know, it's going to come back on well, you. Well, should you're should this gonna, should the same thing that. then be? I mean, that that's the problem here is that you know you may not know somebody, but you sell stuff to people all the time that you don't know. Should everything, you know, potentially dangerous stuff, you have a yard sale, you're selling a chainsaw and uh, and something else, should that all that have to go through a background check? Because you don't know if they're going to go randomly go Texas Chainsaw Massacre on somebody. Should you have to do that as well? Well, no, you, you know, well, if, from that standpoint, you, you, got, you make a point. However, firearms are a little bit different. You know, you're not buying a pair of shoes here. You're buying something that could potentially designed to be, you know, designed to be used as a weapon. Could be used as a weapon. Doesn't have to be used as a weapon, but it could be used as a weapon. Has that has all that potential, like anything else, like a lawnmower, a hammer, or anything else. However, due to the fact that it is what it is, you know, it should clear. I think it should clear. As far as like interfering with the sale itself, I think Biden is. I don't know where he gets his information from, but the man is definitely he's he's definitely snipping up the wrong tree here. Because right. It doesn't make any difference whether you make a profit or not. That's the whole. That's your business. That's your business, and that's your right under commerce laws. You know, he has no business interfering in that. Absolutely not. He's doing nothing but in, he's doing nothing but stomping on the deplorables. That's all this is. He's just one more way to poke, poke, poke the deplorable in the eye and sit there and say, well, okay, see how wonderful we are. We keep all these dastardly right. uh, Bible thumping, right. coding yahoos in line by you know by uh, you know by you know dumping on them all the time well that's, that's part and that's that's, that's boob, yeah that's part know. of the whole politician's disease if we know better than you how you should live your life um you know that's part of that whole disease there but fred i gotta disagree with you uh, i mean i gotta disagree with you on the on the background check thing i don't know have you ever sold a gun to somebody that uh have you ever sold a sold a gun to somebody without uh going through a background check have you ever done that before Never, 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 absolutely okay. never. Yeah, see, because we we I've done that in the past. I've bought and sold guns over the years, traded sometimes with people I know, sometimes with people I don't know. Um, but you know, you you get a feel for it. And of course, when I sell a firearm, I always make sure to get a bill of sale, and I always get a photo ID and uh, and get a picture of it with the bill of sale, so that I know you know who I sold it to and everything else. Um, and I I have stopped a sale in the past because I got a feeling from somebody like this person was maybe up to no good and I decided to change it. I mean, I, I just don't think the government needs to be involved in those. There's so many things that could be used um, 
So many things that could be used as a weapon today, whether you're selling, again, tools, chainsaws, a car, a truck, a four-wheeler. I mean, whatever it is, I don't think the government needs to be involved in any of those things because they all could be used for nefarious purposes. And at what point do we have to stop going to Uncle Sugar or go to the king to beg permission to exercise our rights? Well, no, yeah, yeah. well, you got a point. You do have a point. In a perfect world, I think that would work, you know, but then again, not being a perfect world, you know, I would, I would be very suspect of turning a firearm, you know, a, a, a firearm loose to someone who I didn't have some information on. And it's no. not necessarily me. It's a person, the, uh, like the police. I mean, you know, and the way it works is after 30 days or something, they're not supposed to keep any records anyway. Just do the check. Right, like that. what's going on. Come on, after like that. It all clears. It all goes into the shred. Right. I mean, come on, Fred. We know that the ATF and that the NICS system has been keeping records for years, even though they've been out. They've been scolded. In inspections, they've been scolded for retaining records that by law they're not supposed to be keeping. So if you think that that's really happening, you know, I mean, again, authoritarians are going to authoritate. Bureaucrats are going to bureaucrate. They're going to do what they need to do to keep that information and to keep you under their thumb. That's part of the problem. But, I mean, you and I agree that the president doesn't have any right to do this and shouldn't be pushing this. And, again, that's why I'm saying that these executive orders need to be eventually challenged by the Supreme Court, hopefully sooner rather than later on that. Final thoughts, Fred. i got to let you go. Well, you know, it's funny. You can't, Mike. All right. Thanks so much. I appreciate you calling in. Uh, Mike is on the phone. Let's go over here and see what he has to say. Good morning, sir. Where are you calling from? Hello? Homer. Homer. Good morning, Mike. What's on your mind? Um, I'm from California. I'm calling from Homer because I'm up here visiting. Mm-hmm. And here's a issue. As goes California, so goes the nation. Right. So watch what California is doing on the guns. And the other thing is, when you define profit, it's um, they're, changing the, they're changing the rules on profit with the IRS. What used to be a step up in basis no longer is going to be. So if my grandfather bought his gun for $9 50 years ago and now it's worth 900 and I get it, I inherited it $9. This is a huge change, and now you would just explain to me how they're going to use that IRS rule to change the rules for the ATF. Yeah. No, that, I mean, this is exactly part of the problem. When they can change the definition of a law that has been in place for years, and this goes back to like the 80% receiver rule, there are dozens of letters of decision that basically say, oh, yes, what you're doing is totally legal. You could sell a block, uh, a machined block of aluminum or a machined block of polymer that is not a firearm that people have to build in their homes and cut and scrape and, and weld on and do everything else. That's not a firearm. And then arbitrarily, one day, they just change the definition and say, nope, now it's a firearm. That is dangerous. That is a dangerous precedent to set, not just in the firearms community, but in everything else. Like you said, changing the definition of profit in a tax law. What are the implications of that? And does the average American citizen even understand what the ramifications of that are? No, that law is going to kill people, literally, because, you know, if your parents bought a house for 50000 and you inherited a three you you're going to pay tax on that when you go to sell it. So it, it, it's all working together. 
And then they can say, okay, well, it, now it'll apply to guns. So now all of a sudden it's a profit on a gun and a profit on everything you have. And yeah. they're going to start taxing that. Well, and I, and I agree with you, Mike, that, uh, you know, uh, California is a cautionary tale because we've seen all these things going through <laughs> California, all these ridiculous gun laws. We've seen a uh, a registration. Remember, they wanted, oh, you can keep your assault uh, rifle, but you've got to register it. And then later on, they went back and they said, well, we've changed our minds now. And now that you've registered them, we know who has them. And they go back and they say, either got to get rid of them or we're coming to collect them. I mean, the, the registration always leads to confiscation. That is what the whole thing is about, because that is the nature of government, bureaucracy and authoritarianism. We have to remember that Joe Biden was in the White House when the Fast and Furious uh, program went through. Yep. And automatic military grade weapons were given to drug cartels, but I can't have the same thing to defend myself. Yeah. No, I mean, the Gunwalker scandal, uh, Fast and Furious, is just another example of why it's do as I say, not as I do. And it's a horrific, horrific thing. Mike, I'll hold the line for a second. Uh, folks, we're coming up on the top of the hour. we got to go. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Hour 2 is dead ahead. We'll be back with more right after this. Uh, let's go back real quick to the phones here. Mike, I just want to say thank you for calling in. Are you visiting Homer? Or are you moving to Homer? Or what are you doing? I'm, I'm visiting. I come up here every year. I'm here for about six weeks this year. Man, that's a that's a that's a treat right there. Well, I appreciate you coming up, and I appreciate you say, uh, sharing that California perspective because that's the thing. I've talked to a lot of people from California who basically say, "Be beware. This is we've gone this way. Yes. Don't let your home state go this way." Although people keep holding it up as if it's some kind of great thing, but all you got to do is walk through downtown Los Angeles and look at the crime and the homelessness and the violence and everything else and figure out that they obviously don't have it together down there. Uh, we don't need those kind of li- and unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately they're exporting all these Californians to other places. People who get sick of it and they leave, and then unfortunately they bring those mindsets with them, and pretty soon they turn the place that they're living into into a new California. And it's a whole bad deal all the way around. Right. Are you going to talk about Hawaii at all uh, I'm, this morning? I'm not planning on it so far. What What are your thoughts? you have some thoughts on what, what's going on in Hawaii right now? I was, I was trained 50 years ago as a wildland firefighter when I was in the military because the military fought the wildland fires in Hawaii. And so I went back and looked at what happened. And, uh, you know, being from California... With them not doing the alert and things like that, Paradise, when it burned in 2018, they lost 14,000 homes and 85 people. When people called into the 911 number, they were told there's no fire. Wow. And they were trapped in their homes, and, yeah, it was horrendous. And it's the same thing, a one-day fire, 14,000 homes. Yeah, I mean, fire is one one of the scariest things. Yeah. That fire is one of the scariest things out there. It was just noted this morning that the emergency management coordinator for Maui has resigned because he didn't turn the sirens on. Right. They didn't do it. You know, it's like uh, it, it's mismanagement. And I understand mistakes happen, but yeah, it's 
there's a lot. I know people have a lot of questions and I know there's a bunch of conspiracy theories out there on the internet about different things and everything else, but the whole thing is just such a tragedy. And, you know, so many missteps along the way compound to the point where it just makes a ridiculous tragedy. And uh, it's frustrating for sure. There's only three wildland fire trucks on the island of Maui. Wow. I went and did my research on it. And once those fires start, it's get the people out of the way. You're not going to put them out. Well, hey, not yeah, not with 80 mile an hour. Charge. Yeah, not with 80 mile an hour winds gusting yeah. in. You're not going to put them out. That's for sure. Um, all right, Mike. Well, thank you for calling yeah. in. We appreciate it's it. Good. Thanks for being part of it today. Um, all right. Uh, so we are going to do that. Let me check in on Chris Chang here to see. Uh, uh, let me see. Let me let me type this out to him. Um, uh, okay. There we go. Let me go back to the comment sections and see what you guys have to say. Um, let's see. It's quite Orwellian, um, says Brian. Only the pigs are permitted to interpret the law. That's just true. I mean, only the animals, you know, some animals are more important than others and more equal than others. Only they are allowed to do that. Um, uh, is there a caliber restriction? Uh, says Jeannie. My heart is beating a little faster. Um, I don't, not exactly sure what she was talking about there, whether it was with the restrictions or what. Um, all right. Um, Jeannie. Oh, she, he's talking about uh, it's a competition down there. Okay. <clears throat> Terry says, Bill, this show is the reason I don't dump it, Facebook, and Facebook keeps me informed on political meetings I need to attend. I mean, there are some definite positives to what Facebook does, but it is a little troubling when they have some algorithm that in real time, without context, is eliminating or deleting comments um, or punishing you for some, again, some off-the-cuff remark the whole spider thing, that's that's what blew my mind, was that I got a warning because it was a video of a girl freaking out because there was a spider in her car. And it was a very funny video. I mean, the whole video was very funny. Uh, and then my comment of, well, now we have to burn the car, threatens to kick me completely off Facebook. Because it was a, you know, the kill it with fire comment kind of thing. It's It's crazy. Uh, Anthony says, Anthony disagrees with Fred as I do. He says, unless you specifically tell me I'm going to murder this person, my responsibilities end at the moment we exchange currency. I mean, I don't know if I'd quite go that far. I mean, like I said, I have stopped gun sales that I participated in because I've got a feeling like something's off. But as long as I get the information, including, you know, and if somebody said, well, I'm not willing to show you my driver's license, well, then I'm not willing to sell you my firearm. Just, you know, that's just for my protection more for anything else. Here's your bill of sale. I got a copy of the bill of sale and I lay your driver's license next to it. I snap a photo of it. Away we go. It's that simple. Uh, when you ship a firearm across the nation, it was from FFL to FFL. Uh, my FFL transfer fee was kind of high, $100. That's pretty standard right now. And that's the thing. You're adding to the cost of exercising a right at that at the same time. Um, exactly. 
<laughs> Buritate. That's what I said. You know, authoritarian's going to authoritate and bureaucrat's going to buritate. She, Donna says it's a mashup of bureaucrat and irritate. That's true. I mean, I made the word up. It's very obvious that I made the word up, but that's the perfect definition. Let's see if we can get that one into the, uh, into the lexicon, Can shall we? Um, <clears throat> Paradise was an absolute tragedy. I have friends and family that lost everything in that fire. Uh, we can use dues and reduce the non-registered air guns. Okay. Like a poll tax. Why do you hate poor people? <laughs> that's a, it's a, it's a good, that's a good example. That's a good example right there. All right, here we go. Got to go. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty based, free thing and radio back with more after this. Buddy, put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. The Michael Duke Show. I have two guns, one for each of you. Firearms Friday. As Thomas Jefferson stated, it is the right and duty of the people to be at all times armed. To be at all times armed. Say hello to my little friend! I say that the Second Amendment is, in order of importance, the First Amendment. The right to keep and bear arms is the one right that allows rights to exist at all. Michael Dixon. The right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Not be infringed. Firearms. From my cold, dead hands. Friday. Here's my rifle, there's my gun, this is for the Firearms Friday. Firearms Friday. Welcome back to the program. It is your chance to sound off on issues of a 2 a nature right here on the Michael Duke Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Welcome back, Fairbanks, by the way. Fairbanks, they got the they got some of that equipment stuff figured out, and we're back on the air in Fairbanks. We missed a couple days this week because of equipment failure. Uh, but we welcome you back to the program. Thank you for coming on board and joining us. Also broadcasting live around the world at MichaelDukeShow.com on the Internet. Uh, just go there to MichaelDukeShow.com to pick up the audio-only live stream to get access and figure out the links to the podcast. And, of course, uh, to uh, find all the links to our social media sites where we simulcast the radio show uh, every day on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. So, thanks for coming in and joining us. Hour 2 of the big radio broadcast. We're going to be joined in just a few minutes by Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion. From season four of Chop Shot, of Top Shot on the History Channel, also uh, founder, one of the founders of the Asian American Pacific Gun Owners Association, um, and uh, it's uh, it's it should be a, a a good discussion today. I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Gavin Newsom and his uh, constitutional convention discussion, how he wants to make guns the center point of his campaign as well. Probably one of the reasons why Biden is pivoting harder towards guns, even though overall it's a loser proposition for almost every uh, political race or, uh, you know, contest that has been run on that. 
Interestingly enough, Biden has got been pushing, uh, you know, a lot of these laws for years and is somehow now that may come home to roost. Some interesting developments this week in the Hunter Biden uh, case, his son, who uh, could go to prison under an arbitrary gun law that his dad supports because he has lost his diversion agreement, which was the sweetheart deal that was going to allow him to avoid prison time for his gun law violations if he entered into a diversion program. Uh, And that deal was set to go through until one of the judges, and we've talked about this here recently, until the judge that was there to sign off on it said, this is unusual, this is not normal, and I refuse to participate in anything like this because of the legal knots and pretzels that they tried to to, uh, twist the law into to make it all happen. Um, Now, this week, Hunter Biden's lawyers early this week claimed that that pre-trial diversion agreement that would allow him to avoid prosecution for illegally buying a gun is still valid and binding. That's what they said. Even though the even though the uh, the judge didn't sign off on it and everything else, they were still saying, nope, still legally valid and binding. Uh, then David Weiss, who is the U.S. attorney for Delaware and he was the one who filed the gun charge, um, rejected that claims in no uncertain terms on uh, Tuesday and said that now that the now withdrawn diversion agreement by its own terms is not in effect. So Hunter Biden's lawyers, even though that the the diversionary agreement didn't get signed off on and the plea deal didn't get passed and everything else, they were still acting as if, oh no, of course it's still in it's still it's still in play. It's still going on. Don't worry about it. Uh, and the U.S. attorney said, uh, no, not not going to work. Um, <clears throat> there's an article by Jacob Sullum over at Reason Magazine that goes through this uh, in great detail and is a fantastic read. I'm going to go ahead and post this up in the chat room uh, for folks. If you want to go back and, and look at it, you can find it there. Um, it uh, It is a, a great kind of recap of everything that's taken place on this at the heart of this matter by the way i mean this is multiple charges right so we have tax evasion charges which is a big part of it but the more troubling one obviously was the prohibited person um the perjury charge uh the all these things that were wrapped up now they only charged him for one charge they charged him for um a receipt or possession of a firearm by an unlawful user of a controlled substance. That was what the single charge was. But there were three potential felonies involved here, and they only charged him for one. Biden, Hunter Biden, by his own admission, was a crack cocaine user when he bought a Colt Cobra 38 special from StarQuest Shooters at Wilmington, Delaware gun store in 2018. Although that transaction violated at least three provisions of federal law, Attorney Weiss, the uh, again, the U.S. attorney for Delaware, charged Biden with just one of those crimes, the receipt of possession of a firearm by an unlawful user of a controlled substance, a felony that is punishable by up to 10 years in prison at the time of his gun purchase. Now, <clears throat> these crimes get prosecuted all the time. These these types of, you know, prohibited person, unlawful user, felon in possession, those things get prosecuted all the time and people go to prison for it all the time. But Hunter Biden is not just anybody. 
right? The Justice Department said it would drop the gun charges if Biden successfully completed a two-year diversion program that would require him to avoid drugs, maintain and seek employment, and stay out of legal trouble. It also would have permanently barred him from possessing guns. Uh, which, you know, but it's a slap on the wrist compared to 10 years in prison. Well, that whole agreement, of course, now is out uh, on its ear and out into the weeds. Um, And there's been other movements as well, including Hunter Biden's lawyer withdrawing from the situation, basing a setting based on recent developments and the negotiating and drafting of the plea deal since it's going to be contested and it's not going to work. His lawyer has withdrawn. There'll be other lawyers that are going to step up and take the place. But this whole thing is crazy. Now, early on in the discussion before the announcement of the full diversion agreement, Hunter Biden's lawyers had said that they were going to fight the charges on the the gun charges on a constitutional Second Amendment basis, that you can't strip people of their right to keep and bear arms simply because they are a user of illicit substances which has been an argument that many of us have been making over the years, all told, and something that his dad completely disagrees with. But his lawyers obviously think that this is the way to go. Without the diversion agreement, Weiss is free to prosecute Biden on the gun charge as well as the tax charges. This is going to raise constitutional issues since the gun charge is based on a statute that arbitrarily strips peaceful Americans of their Second Amendment rights based on their choice of politically disfavored intoxicants. That prohibition applies not only to crack users like Hunter Biden, but also cannabis users, regardless of whether they live in a state that has legalized marijuana. There's going to be some ramifications and repercussions on this case. Again, uh, this article is up, uh, uh, read, uh, written, by the way, by Jacob Sullum from Reason Magazine. And I posted a link up in the chat room. You can read through it. It's a fascinating read on what's going on behind the scenes and how it may be Biden v. Biden. Uh, in some point in the future as dad faces off against son in some of this stuff. It's it's an interesting discussion. All right, uh, time to change gears a little bit here. we got a few minutes before we got to go to break, and I see now in the green room we're being joined by one of my favorite people in the gun community, Top Shot Chris Chang, Season 4 champion of Top Shot, spokesperson for the National Shooting Sports Foundation, founder, uh, one of the founders of the Asian American, uh, uh, Asian American, uh, Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. God, I, there it is. Did I get it right? That's <laughs> you a, got it. That's you such a mouthful. It. We got to come up with some kind of, you know, something <laughs> smaller than that. Anyway, Chris Chang joins us this morning to discuss a little bit of everything. I kind of, uh, you know, talk a lot about, of things uh, yeah, going on. Boy, man, so much stuff going on. Chris Chang joins us this morning. How are you? How are you doing, my friend? What's going on? What's the What's the latest in Chris Chang's world? Yeah, well, um, there's uh, some uh, exciting new products, uh, firearm safety products coming out. Some uh, getting a little involved with uh, helping a, a particular product. Um, I guess I just say the name. It's called Go Safe. It is a a brand new take on firearm safety and security. And basically it uses a pistol magazine that can lock and unlock both uh, the magazine and the firearm. So, you know, you can put your, this, you know, this go safe magazine into your Glock um, or your SIG or your, uh, your MMP and use a key to lock or unlock the firearm. So it's, um, it's a really smooth solution. Yeah. Check it out if anyone's interested. So it's called the ghost safe. 
a go. A go. go okay. I was just going to yeah, say. Yeah. I was no like, ghosts. Was, no ghosts. Go safe. No ghosts. A go safe. Okay. Go safe. I was thinking yeah. that's kind of a coincidence, but no. Yeah. So, so basically, it's a magazine that goes into the that basically renders the pistol inert until the magazine is removed. Is that is that the plan here? Exactly. And there's two different versions. Either basically a magazine block that's just you know a hunk of you know plastic and metal, or you can actually have a fully functional ten round magazine that has, you know, right, live ammunition, and then you can also lock or unlock the GoSafe magazine. And so it's, uh, like I said, it's it's a brand new, uh, very innovative way of approaching firearm safety. And, you know, for a lot of people, this might be a great solution for them. And, and really at a big picture, it's so important for us to have options, right, for firearm sure, safety at sure. a variety of price points and to accommodate a variety of lifestyles, whether it's home defense, concealed carry. And so the GoSafe, I think, is a, is a really, really fantastic product that you know should uh, be considered when someone's thinking about firearm safety and security. Yeah. No, I mean, that's an interesting... I'd never considered that, and that is uh, definitely an interesting, uh, an interesting way to go about it. Um, and, you know, it's always a challenge uh, when you think about how do I secure my firearm while still making it readily available for exactly. self-defense and home defense, um, you know, and I've seen everything from the biometric, you know, little biometric pop-open safes to the single, you know, or multiple touch button ones to a combination to a key lock and everything else. And it's always a challenge to try and figure out which one's going to fit you. So more choices is always better than fewer choices as far as that goes. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So, um, you know, we see Gavin Newsom is still making the news. You and I talked about this briefly last month, um, but uh, and I thought maybe this would lose a little steam, but it turns out, no, that they're kind of going all in on this whole thing. Um, e but even some of the anti-gun crowd is voicing concerns over Gavin Newsom's push for a constitutional convention for what he's calling the right to safety, where he's suggesting that there be a constitutional convention for the U.S. Constitution to basically negate and regulate firearms, specifically assault, what they call assault weapons, out of the Constitution. Um, uh, but there's some dangers there for folks on both the left and the right on this. Uh, what are you hearing in California about this? Is this is this just more ploy? Um, or are you seeing some of the kind of the left crowd also being a little fearful of what happens if you get a bunch of conservatives in a room with them that want to make some changes to the Constitution as well? Yeah, my uh, <clears throat> my perception and sort of what I'm hearing is this is uh, just still a, a political ploy, right? A, just a political stunt, a, a PR, a PR play, right, for Governor Newsom to really tee up his you know future presidential campaign and. You know, uh, he's uh, look, if, if you're going to propose a, a 28th Amendment to the Constitution, uh, he's doing the the serious thing, which is going whole hog. Right. And and, and trying to market and uh, promote this concept. It, it's not going to get anywhere, though. And, you know, there, there's just no I'm not seeing any real groundswell of support you know, here in California, it just seems like, you know, this is maybe one of uh, Governor Newsom's little little pet projects that, uh, you know, if, if he's going to get any traction, he's got to have the support of the anti-gun crowd. I've not seen anti-gun organizations rally around Governor Newsom and this idea of a gun control 28th amendment. 
So it seems dead on arrival, but uh, of course, hey, anything could change. You know, we clearly are are not in uh, the presidential campaign season. You know, full it's not in full full swing yet, although it's ramping up pretty aggressively. So I know the Democrats want to make guns and and gun control right. a very key focus for the twenty twenty four elections. It's really unclear if uh, if the general public, if right, if we're gonna um, you know make that an issue that we really care about, given high inflation, high interest rates, uh, right? The housing market is is a little little rocky, um, right? The, the sort of the economy right. is uh, probably still front and focus for uh, for most Americans, and keeping you know keeping your grocery bills down, keeping you know cost of gas right down so we can uh, you know well, pay the bills and, and support our families i want to and i want to expand on this a little bit when we come back because i think you're right and i think historically it's shown that you know the i will talk about this here on the other side chris chang is our guest top shot champion uh season four uh national shooting sports foundation uh spokesperson and author of the book shoot to win which, uh, if you don't have a copy of, you should go out and get a copy. Of, what is it? Is it second or third printing now? Uh, second edition. Second yep. edition. And, that's and right. Uh, cover. With all the new good stuff in it and everything else. It's a great book, especially for new shooters. You should go check it out. Uh, go to TopShotChris.com and you'll find, uh, you'll find links to those books and more. Chris Chang, our guest. We return in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense Radio. It is Firearms Friday. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. We're going to have to lend Chris Chang a little beard power there. Says get him a little, get him a little. <laughs> and wow, dipping your beard in, in coffee. Oh, oof, that is. Uh... I save it for later. It's just the. Yeah. We call it the flavor saver. That's what we call yeah. it. You know, my soup strainer, my flavor saver. You know, uh, my my wife laughs. She goes, "You got a little bit of," and I'm like, "I'm saving that for later." That's. <laughs> uh, it's the running joke. People with beards. I mean, it's hard to have a beard sometimes. You gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta do it. But they, you know, it's it's what it's my superpower, right? It's like my Achilles tendon. That's what it's all, you know. It's <laughs> just keeps me going. Uh, Chris, so what else? You you know, oh August. So we got the new videos coming out. I, I do want to talk about that, but uh, you know what you've been doing? What you, and you've been working with the Go Safe, right? So that's that's good. Good information. We'll have to check that out uh, next time you're on. You know, bring one up and describe it. Show it to us. It'll be fun to yeah, kind of take sure a look thing. at. Um, but what else you've been doing? What what any kind of fun stuff for the summer? Or is it all work, 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 and no play? Yeah, well, uh, I'm actually heading off to uh, to Europe uh, and then um, Hawaii for uh, a wedding. So, well, Europe's vacation, uh, Hawaii's uh, a friend's wedding. So that's that's going to be a, a lot of fun. But uh, let's see, today is uh, Friday, so tomorrow, uh, APA GOA, and that's the Asian Pacific American Gun Owners Association. We're holding a very special event in Florida with JJ Ricaza. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with JJ, he is a world champion pistol shooter, phenomenal guy, just just a wonderful person. And so uh, APA GOA is putting on a, a master class 
and uh, also I believe uh, sort of a beginner's class too in Florida. Uh, I think there's still some tickets left, and so um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll give you a link, Michael, for uh, for tickets, and there's sure. also a discount code I can provide for for listeners. And uh, yeah, if you are in the Florida area and want to go get some uh, instruction from a world class pistol shooter, JJ Ricaza. Tomorrow, Saturday, uh, APA GOA is hosting a, a really great event. Well, that sounds like fun. I know there's a few people who listen in Florida. I don't know if they listen in real time or not, but we'll uh, we'll post the links up when Chris gets them to the chat room, and we can uh, we can share that with you folks and and do all that as well. You know, we're watching all this madness. Have you been following the Hunter Biden deal much at all? Or oh, you- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, what a uh, a total sweetheart deal. I mean, just really, really strange that he was uh, what felt like just a, he was just going to get a slap on the wrist. And I mean, I when I read the uh, the plea deal, I mean, it was it was jaw dropping. It was like, well, like how, how it just, you know, right, any average American who yeah. faced charges like he does would not get anywhere as as easy oh, as yeah. that proposed well, plea deal. And so yeah. I was Three, three felonies basically rejected right by yeah. the judge and it's going back and well we'll see what happens three felonies for just the firearm purchase and possession alone was three felonies but they only charged him with one everybody else they throw every charge at you they can get so that when it comes time to plea down they can i mean they'll hit you with 38 charges and so they can plea down six or eight or ten of them and still put you in jail for years and years and years it's insane and the fact that they put they put it on. They put all this the, the language of it, which would normally be in the plea deal, but instead they put it in the diversionary agreement, and then they mm-hmm. put in a then they put in a, a clause that basically said he couldn't be prosecuted for any other crimes that were separate from this proceedings. The judge was like, "What? And, no, I'm yeah. not signing off." And thank God for her because I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, it could have been just an easy rubber stamp for some judge, but she's like, "This thing." Again, preventing him from being prosecuted for other crimes that haven't come forward yet. What a blanket deal. That's if that's not a sweetheart deal, that's the definition of a sweetheart deal right there. Yeah. And uh, you know, and then unfortunately touches upon the concept of corruption, right? It's like what is what is going on, right? How did how did two sides, you know, come to that kind of an agreement, right? And and they had the confidence to put that in front of a judge. Um, you know, it just sort of, uh, it all, it all, it all, the optics are terrible. It's, it, it smells rotten. Um, the whole Hunter Biden thing is, uh, unfortunately, a, yeah. a, a big, big distraction and a, and a huge albatross around the president's neck. And clearly, you know, Hunter Biden, major liability. I mean, major, yeah. major Let's... liability for the president's reelection campaign. And, um, you know, and also, we, I mean, we got to, we got to, we got to jump back. Point. Hold, hold on. We got to jump back. Here we go. The Michael Duke show. What the hell is an assault weapon? You know, if we could just figure out how to get all of the murder guns and the attack guns and not keep selling those to people and just sell protection guns, I think that would be great and solve a lot of problems. Does this mean that if we hurt your feelings, you'd consider the Michael Duke Show Assault Radio? <laughs> okay, we can live with that. Here's Michael Dukes. That's right. Nothing but protection guns in my house. I'm sure Chris Chang has all prote- no murder guns in your house, right, Chris? 
Exactly. I only, only have the protection guns. That's exactly for sure. right. I specifically asked for, I'm sorry, sir, this is not what I asked for. I do not want this murder gun. I only want the protection guns, okay? This, just keep the rest of them to yourself. They might. Know. The protection guns might cost a little more, but you know, right, the, the premium is worth it. You know, that's what they should put up a sign. And it says, we only sell protection guns, therefore there's a slight premium here. You know, we yeah. could sell you the murder guns, but they're cheap. Um, it's it's so ridiculous sometimes. Uh, Chris, we, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, the elections coming up and how Gavin Newsom seems to be really trying to raise his visibility because, let's face it, Joe Biden is not that popular. Even amongst his own party, uh, he has got a very low popularity. Um, the guy is <clears> – <throat> it's kind of spooky to watch him because, he's, he, again, seems like he's kind of bumbling around. And I think a lot of Democrats are feeling that. So I think Gavin Newsom is trying to raise his visibility as a potential candidate for the presidency. And he's made this whole gun control thing a cornerstone with this proposal for a 28th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. And now we're seeing Biden pivot back towards this with more executive orders and more things. And, of course, now we're talking about this universal background check from the bipartisan and Safer Communities Act and all these other kind of things. And as you said earlier, they're trying to make this gun control kind of a cornerstone or maybe even a centerpiece of a lot of their policies and a lot of their campaigning for president, which to me is actually okay because historically gun control has been way down on the list of what's important for many people, right? I mean, you were, you were saying it earlier. They're worried about their jobs, about paying for their food, about paying for their rent and their mortgage and all this other kind of stuff. So what are your thoughts on turning gun control into a centerpiece of a campaign, even though all the polls and the talking heads all say it's a super important issue? Do the American people feel that way in your mind? Well, I think it's one thing to, you know, look at a, a, a poll, right, which is sort of right. It's always a snapshot in time. And, you know, right, if you put an issue in front of a, 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 a in a poll, of course, people are probably going to think that the issue is a little more important than than maybe it really is. And in real life, compared to the day to day realities of paying the bills, you've got to buy, buy groceries, you got to you know pay gas, you got to get clothes for your kids and for yourself. And so I think making gun control a centerpiece or even a cornerstone for the presidential campaign is, is a big misstep because it's going to seem like the Democrats are out of touch, right? And that they're talking about, yes, of course, I mean, like we all want to have safer communities, right? And, re and reduce, you know, gun violence. But, you know, that is is often it, it, it comes second to the economy, to, to job security, to being able to afford, you know, health insurance and and all, you know, and, and food and gas. So, um, yeah, like you, I, I'm okay if the Democrats make gun control a, a central focus for the campaign because they're they're going to lose on it. Right, right. It is. It's not a winning issue for them, and I think Democrats are are uh, good to be wary of Governor Newsom and his push for this gun control 28th amendment, because I don't think it's a, it's not a winning strategy, right? It's not, it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to benefit uh, the Democrats. Um, but of course, you know, they're going to self-sabotage, right? They just, they can't help themselves and they always want to talk about gun control. Right. And right. we're going to see gun sales go through the roof like we normally do is, you know, if we actually see any traction on this 28th amendment and um, you know, one thing, that we've seen over the past you know, decade or so is, is a lot of gun owners are, are paying attention, right? They're paying attention 
to what's happening to to gun control proposals in their state and at the federal level. Right. And and there's more gun owners, right? There, well, there were 14 not, million new gun owners over the pandemic, and many of them are going to vote, you know, for the Second Amendment. Well, that's what kills me is that you look at all the new gun owners that have happened, especially since the pandemic, and they're saying, what, 8 million of those are minorities, women, and progressives, Democrats, right? I mean, so there's a huge chunk of that. So do they really think that by bringing this gun control, and, and a lot of them, were shocked that it wasn't as easy to get a gun as, you know, it's easier to get a gun than it is to get a library book kind of thing. And they found out that that was not true. So does this really play into those people? Are they just not accounting for the 8 million new gun owners who are in their camp who are saying, whoa, 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 wait a second. I'm not interested in you regulating this right more. Yeah, a, a blind spot for the Democrats is blindly assuming that minorities and even progressives will continue to to vote for the Democrats when, you know, when it comes to your personal security, right, and safety, um, you know, owning a gun, right, it, it is one of one thing that just changes your perspective and your paradigm. And for a lot of minorities and progressives who who, who you know, in the past, used to think that, oh, Democrats will keep us safe. No, right? they're realizing, oh, the Democrats are, and there's this whole anti-law enforcement right campaign that a lot of Democrats, you know, they, they jump on. And so a lot of Democrats are saying, well, wait, I actually don't think that my party, you know, the Democratic Party is, is keeping me safe. Therefore, I need to purchase a firearm. And therefore, hey, you're right. Maybe the Democrats aren't the party for me to vote for right. to, to keep me and my family safe. So that's a, a big um, I think, uh, again, blind spot for the Democrats, and they, they may just set their own trap and fall in it if they decide to make gun control a cornerstone of the, of the 2024 campaign. Well, all the exit polling over the last uh, 15 or 20 years, they've ranked all the different issues that people voted on. And gun control barely breaks the top 10 issues. Usually it's like eighth or ninth in these various exit polls to say, what are the things? And it's like you said, it's the things like, I'm worried about inflation. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about government spending. I'm worried about making my mortgage. I'm worried about, you know, all these other things. And gun control is like way down at the bottom. And so, sure, go ahead, waste all your effort on that. And now add to that the fact that you've got a lot of people in your camp who are becoming more pro-gun. And I just don't think that, I don't think it's going to be the winner that you think it is, which again, good for us. Um, and, uh, and I hope that, uh, and I hope that continues to push in that direction, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely interesting to watch, uh, especially since some of the newer statistics are coming out. I don't know if you've seen this, but it, this came out earlier this week that the preliminary numbers for 2022 are now, they don't have them all out yet. They don't have the full statistics, uh, but the preliminary statistics are coming out and they're showing that that spike in, uh, homicides and gun violence in 2021 has dropped by something like 60%. I mean, it's it's a precipitous drop. And in fact, we're back on track for that, what we talked about, the decline in, gu- in violence and crime and everything else in the country that's been going on for decades is now continuing back on track. It was an aberration, and now we're back on track. We've got 100 million more guns than before, and yet we have lower crime, lower violence, lower homicides. I just think they're going to have a hard time selling that, don't you? Yeah, in, indeed. And 
Uh, yeah, it's, um, but like I said, you know, the Democrats, they just cannot help themselves and they will constantly, constantly want to talk about gun control and gun control initiatives that won't keep us safe They and they aren't going to make anything better yet. Um, right. They just are, are latched onto the dogma of, of gun control and thinking that punishing law abiding citizens like you and me is, is going to do anything and clearly it's gonna make a difference yeah yeah, it's a a tough thing chris chang top shot champion thank you my friend hold the line folks we're out of time the michael duke show sorry chris i got i got deep into the talk with you and i lost track of the time i got a heartbreak no worries anything else you want folks out there to know who are watching on facebook or listening on the replay on the podcast or whatever anything else you're working on that you want folks to know about yeah, last thing is, you know, August is National Shooting Sports Month. And so for the entire month of August, uh, the gun community and the firearms industry are putting on uh, everything from, you know, lots of uh, events, you know, mostly local events. Uh, so, you know, check out your local gun range and see if there's any fun events happening. Otherwise, you know, the whole goal of National Shooting Sports Month is just to get out to the range, right? Get out and shoot, right? You might, your gun might have been sitting in the safe for the past few months, maybe past year or years this is your month to go out to the range get some practice bring a friend bring a family member and yeah just just go out have a great time at the range well and bring a friend especially a neophyte i mean you were talking about here recently you took out some of your co-workers from um from the the tech community and they uh and they discovered that it wasn't nearly as spooky scary evil whatever the whatever descriptor they wanted to use and they were kind of shocked by that, right? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, same with a bunch of my gay friends who uh, I hosted over uh, the 4th of July weekend. And, you know, we were, I have a private range, which is a, a wonderful resource. And, you know, for them, you know, we were able to have a, a, a private shooting session. So they were very comfortable, you know, just like, right, with, with me and our friends. And for many of my gay friends, right, it, it, it changed their perspective. And uh, in, a, in a good way, right, that some of them thought, oh, right, guns are scary and guns are dangerous and gun owners are bad or should be uh, we should be skeptical of gun owners. But, right. you know, me and uh, another gay friend of mine, we both own guns and we you know, gave them a, a really fun experience. Right. And that well, goes a long way. And I really, really can't emphasize more uh, how powerful each of us, um, you know, we, we, we are all very powerful, right, in providing that kind of experience to a new shooter. And and that is probably one of the most powerful things and most influential things that each of us can do as individuals, which is right, take somebody to the range and expose them to a positive experience and positive perception of firearms and and of uh, gun owners. Well, and especially minority demographics, be it by race or sexuality or whatever. I mean, they, you know, need to be able to protect themselves and glom together. I mean, that was the whole thing with like the Pink Pistols and some of these other organizations, Mm -hmm. which, again, historically, you think would be more aligned with progressive policies, but in some ways are like, no, we need to take care of ourselves. We need to have that self-reliance. We need to come together as a community unto ourselves. And this is a great opportunity to expose that, whether it's, again, it's a minority, it's women, it's, uh, you know, it's it's the the LGBT, uh, G, the gay crowd. I mean, you know, whatever it is, right? You know, <laughs> LGBT, LGBT. I was going to get to it eventually. Yeah. It was. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's the whole thing. I mean, that you need to be able to protect yourself and take responsibility for your own actions. And I think that is the most American expression. Uh, of expressions of American freedom that we can find is taking responsibility for yourself and not relying 
on the government to be all part of it and everything else. So bingo, good stuff, good stuff. And we appreciate all the work you do. Uh, all the new videos are up at the NSSF uh, YouTube page. Is that right? They're, they're, they're coming. Yeah, actually, I need to need to go take a look at myself. So yeah, I'm not, uh, not, not fully up to date <laughs> getting ready for this Europe trip. Come on, so. get with it. Get, get. Yeah. To I'm like flipping into vacation mode very, very soon. <laughs> He's got short timers right now. He's like, yeah, see ya. Bye. I'm headed, yeah. to, headed off to Europe. I'm headed to Europe. Okay, great. Thanks, my latte and cappuccino. <laughs> I'll be in the French Parisian cafe. Yes, it'll be fine. Uh, all right, Chris. Uh, thanks so much, my friend. It's always good to talk with you, and uh, we'll talk with you. And thanks for moving. He moved his his interview from last week to this week for me. I appreciate that. So that was yeah, uh, my pleasure. Thanks as always for having me on. Hey, I had to go do my birthday thing. You know what it is. So it's all yeah, it's all happy stuff. birthday. All right, bud. Well, I, and that's why I see I'm fishing for birthday wishes. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> Have a good trip, my friend. We'll see you next month. Okay. Thanks so much. All Bye-bye. right. Thanks for coming in, Chris Chang, Top Shot Champion, uh, season four of Top Shot, and so much more oh so much more all right um let me go back through the comments here to see if there's anything else that we missed uh, on the way through <laughs> i'm going to sip my latte oh man we have a good time around here if you can't have a good time then why why bother at that point right i got mail um did uh okay i'll check my mail i'll see if there's something in my mail here Brian just said, I've got mail before I go in there. Um, uh, the largest decline, this is Substack, uh, contextual, the largest decline in murder, murder ever recorded. I didn't see this one specifically, um, but I saw the ones again on the 2022 uh, numbers. Oh, I haven't, I haven't read this guy. Substack's got some good stuff on it. Okay. I'm going to have to follow this guy as well. Uh I've been following hand waving freak outery and Elgato and some other couple of the other folks out there, but this is some good, good stuff. Um, yeah, but I think again, you're looking at that 2021 number and realizing that it is, uh, it was just an aberration, just an aberration. Um, and, uh, it doesn't matter in the long run. Okay. We got to go. Phone's ringing. Here we go. The Michael Duke show, common sense radio. Let's do it. Hey there, ready to go, ready to do this thing. Yeah, we call this the weekend. It's about to us. But before we get there, as always on a Friday, we need to talk to our friend, the one, the only Willie Waffle. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I'm feeling fine. You know, we're kind of in those last days of summer. Shut up, shut up, shut up. (laughs) We had. I say that. I'm a fall football guy. Oh, are you? So, like, you know, I'm excited as 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 it starts to get a little bit colder every day. The sun doesn't stay out quite as long. There are leaves that are starting to change around me. I'm like, yes, 
football is on Man. its way. We've had like 16 days of sunshine this entire summer. It's <laughs> oh been no, like the wettest summer in recorded history, and blah 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 blah. I just want it to be warm for a little bit longer before this. You know, nobody wants to be quoting Ned Art Stark, "Winter is coming," kind of thing. You know, but it's, <laughs> it is unfortunately we're probably only about 10 weeks, 12 weeks away from snow, so it's. Uh, it's not fun. Uh, all right. Well, um, let's get started. We'll talk about the streaming stuff and the news and the entertainment. Let's go start with entertainment news. Um, I guess we could start with uh, snakes. Why'd it have to be snakes? <laughs> right? The famous line from Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford. Well, there's a, t- a plot twist coming on this one. That's right. This is actually one of my favorite stories of the week. Harrison Ford has a snake named after him. Yes, a new breed of snake was found way up in the Andes Mountains of Peru. And the scientists found it, like, I was like, I guess back in 2022. And the name didn't come out till recently when they published their scientific article about this new, you know, species of snake that they found. And uh, yes, it is, I'm going to try to say this, I may not say it right, the Tachymenoides Harrison Ford Eye. (laughs) Yeah, wow. it is 16, that's, a, that's, yep. that's a mouthful. <laughs> it's 16 inches long. It eats frogs. It eats lizards. Right. And Harrison Ford is quite touched. In his public statement, <laughs> with his tongue firmly in cheek, he said, Why do these scientists keep naming critters after me? And it's always the ones that terrified children. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Has there been, I mean, is there other things named after him, apparently? There are other things that they're all like murderous animals. Nice. (laughs) And like poisonous plants and things like that. Wow. Must be (laughs) tough. And it was really funny. It is tough. It was, was, yeah, no, no. It was very funny because in his statement, he's like, I'm a nice guy. I have a basil garden. I sing to the basil every day. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, why? Why the flora and fauna that wants to kill everyone? Why do I get named after that? I guess that's that's the thing. Yeah, because he's never been the bay. He's always the hero. Yeah. He always saves the day. And the only thing that ever be named after me is some new species of slug or something, you know, like just it barely barely moves, you know, it eats eats its own excrement or something. And then it'd be like, yeah. Oh man. I just I want my I want my own ice cream or sandwich named after me. Oh, well, okay. All right. Well, you already have breakfast named after you. What else do you want? Um Well, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Uh, and he still doesn't even get any royalties out of that. What is the deal with that, right? Um, <laughs> I got to I got to do some research into that. Yeah. I got to find out where how I'm going to cash in. Yeah, you should be cashing in anytime somebody says you waffle house. They should have paid you a bank for that. Um, all right. right. Um, I've been hearing a little bit about this, even though I'm not a sports guy. It's been bleeding over kind of everywhere. And this is the whole deal with, uh, well, it was really what I was seeing was the whole Sandra Bullock being just roasted by the woke elite on Twitter, yeah. uh, demanding that she turn her Oscar back over for The Blind Side, which is a football movie. I've never seen it, but I've heard about it. And she won an Oscar for it. And But now there's some new stuff coming out on that. What's it all about? 
Well, yeah. So, you know, there's, there's kind of been this split between um, the blind side, uh, Michael Ower, the uh, professional football player who was the subject of the story that, you know, he was this uh, young man, he had this uh, family, the Tui family took him in, uh, tried to help him get on the right path, get into college football, become a big uh, professional sports star. And like you said, they, they, there was a book about it and then there was a movie about it. Well, he's had a falling out with them. He feels they've ripped him off, and uh, he is he has entered into a uh, into a lawsuit against them, uh, stating that they are not living up to their end of the bargain. That he is supposed to get a certain percentage of uh, you know movie royalties and book royalties and and in different profits that they are supposedly making from this. And to make it even uglier, before the case was announced, he threatened them, and he said, "If you don't give me fifteen million dollars." I'm going public and I'm going to go public with all these claims to just trash your reputation. Oh, wow. And yeah. And they said, well, we're, we're not going to bow to that. So now the case has gone public. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, I think I'm kind of sad for what's going on here, to be honest with you, because I can see where he thinks that they've made a lot more money. Okay. The, the family has always been very well off. Uh, you know, they have a lot of uh, businesses. They have, uh, they have franchises in, in fast food down in the South. I mean, they're, 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 they're fairly successful. Right. And, you know, on the surface, when a movie makes $300 million, you think that there's all these profits from it. Right. But, the, the deal that they made, I would assume, I, I'm just assuming, and we'll probably find out more about this during the case. I assume that they, well, first of all, we know for a fact they got a small advance. Right. And then they get a percentage of what's called the net profits. Ooh, and that's this where, is where the, that's where they get yeah, you every time. They get you every time. Every that's, single time. That's why you take points on the gross, not on the net. And you take small that's points. Right. You take small points on the gross, but uh, you take it on the gross because otherwise they got a whole floor full of nimble-fingered accountants and p- sharp-penciled attorneys that'll be like, "No, we didn't make any money. I mean, we sure we took it three hundred dollars, but it's been consumed by." all this other stuff. There's no, there's no profit in it. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that's how Hollywood operates. And, and you hear the story time and time again, that, you know, when they open up the books and you're trying to find out why your billion dollar movie didn't make any money, all of a sudden you're seeing expenses for, you know, staff at the uh, staff at the junket needed notebooks. Well, that went against the movie budget. Uh, you know, Oh, we, 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 we took a taxi ride to the airport that went against the movie budget. Yeah. And they just build up all of these costs to where it almost looks like nothing ever makes money. And I right. think that's what happened here. I think that, you know, even the family, the Tatui family is like, listen, we just have not gotten a lot of money from this. And I think they understand why now, there's a lot of allegations going back and forth that, you know, maybe the book advance was more than was realized. I mean, you know, who knows? This is going to be an ugly, ugly case. I really hope they settle. Um, but, you know, to the Tui family's credit, they have been sharing money. Like there is there is already an arrangement in place where they send him when they get a check. He gets a percentage and they get a percentage. And he stopped uh, receiving those checks as part of the lawsuit, you know, to say that, hey, I think I'm getting screwed. And, right. and uh, you know, we're, we're going to we're going to stop this. And they've been depositing that money into a trust for his kid um, just to make sure that the money goes someplace. Right. Uh, so this this who knows how it's going to end, but probably 
not in a happy way for anybody. Yeah, no. I mean, look, if he'd taken 2% of the gross on a $300 million movie, he would have pocketed $6 million, uh, two points on the gross. Exactly. Which is, you know, yep. th that's what that's what a lot of the other actors are taking is one, two, maybe three, two and a half to three. But, I mean, yeah, if you've got a $500 million movie, that's a nice – and that's a bonus on top of whatever they paid you. So, anyway – um, yeah. Well, it's sad. What was really weird, though, this wild thing where now people are demanding that Sandra Bullock give her Oscar back over yeah, this deal. And I'm like, I'm like, what? That one has nothing to do with the other. Um, you know, these social justice warriors who just want to jump on everything before we even know what happened. I mean, you know, oh, oh, Sandra Bullock must return her Oscar to refute this horrible treatment. First of all, we don't know if it's been horrible treatment yet, people. Yeah. Like, we don't know. Okay. And she made a movie. Yeah. Okay. Like, you know, she didn't actively participate in screwing anybody over. You know, it, yeah. this is so no. much, so much different. I mean, come on. Well, it, the, the rush to judgment anymore is ridiculous. And how many times are we going to rush to judgment and destroy somebody's reputation and find out we were wrong? Hey, Richard Jewell, people. Yeah, Richard Jewell. Right, exactly. Look it up. Okay. Uh, you know, and there's so many other people along the way recently. Now, on the flip side of this, somebody else made a movie and got real wealthy, and that would be Margot Robbie with Barbie. She actually. Oh, yeah. Was she taking a page out of Tom Cruise's book or what? Yeah, she was. She took the smart deal, like you said. She, I think she got a couple of points on the gross, baby. That's right. This and, and this, I'll be honest with you, the, the person who made this famous was Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, they were so desperate to have Tom Cruise be the star of Mission Impossible back in the 90s that he cut a deal that nobody had ever gotten or had heard too much about where he got a percentage of the gross and became mega rich and was really that first Hollywood superstar who became mega rich and showed all the rest of them how to do it. I mean, he he's made more money on Mission Impossible than the gross domestic product of several countries. I right, mean, this right, is massive right. here. Yeah. And and Margot Robbie, it's it's come out according to Variety, after the Barbie movie, she has made about $50 million wow. due to her salary, due to the box office bonuses she got. Yep, she probably got a little percentage of the gross. Yeah. She's doing okay. That's right. Barbie's showing the world how you rake it in. Man, I'd take 1% of that box. If I took 1% of the I would gross too. on that, I mean, that's... Come on, a hundred million. It's massive. I mean, and it's, she she was in a good place too because you know she has a production company that was involved with this. Yeah. So you know she could she could cut herself a little bit better <laughs> deal. She wasn't just you know the actress that they really 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 wanted. She had a piece of the action. Wow. And that helps. Well, that helps. So good for her. We'll see. Good for her. Um, we got about uh, four minutes here. Uh, okay. I wanted to talk a little bit about the fall schedule, but maybe we'll talk about that next week because we discussed it yesterday with the listeners about what what to watch while the strike is happening. But let's uh, let's move over to the theaters in theaters. Will Ferrell is a dog. <laughs> That's right, baby. And he's a dirty dog. Okay. A dirty, dirty, dirty dog. Oh, this is a dirty movie. I'm first of all, let's remember talking animals are funny. Right. But uh, they're also filthy filthy mouthed animals oh, and if geez. you take your child to this movie you will be arrested the moment you buy a ticket for your child Oof. it is rated r it is very 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 rated r for its language and i'm just gonna say it for its dog nudity and uh 
Okay. The, the story here is that Will Ferrell is is a little beautiful border terrier dog uh, who has a horrible owner, and the owner's always trying to dump him by the side of the road and leave him there to run away. But Will Ferrell always finds his way back. But this time, his owner, played by Will Forte, <laughs> drops him in the middle of the city, and and or not in the middle of the city, but he 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 drops him so far away that Will Ferrell wanders into the city. He gets lost, and he falls in with a bunch of stray dogs who help him hatch his plan to get revenge, he's going to bite his owner um, someplace really bad. Oh, gosh. Well, I can see this is... Well, does it work? I mean, is this... Oh, it does. It does. I mean, you know, listen, it's not the greatest movie ever. And, and you know, it is just rapid fire. Let's just throw out every filthy joke we possibly can and see what sticks. And enough of it sticks, and it's silly enough, and it's outrageous enough, and it's crazy enough. To make you go, you know what? At least I laughed for 90 minutes. And by the way, thank you for making a nice short movie that just is the perfect length. I'm going two and a half waffles. Two and a half waffles. All right. But definitely not safe for work. Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) No, I don't even think you can watch the trailer at work. Okay. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll watch that one. If that's your thing, then you know what to watch. The second one is the latest superhero movie marvel right i mean this is the blue well this is yeah or is this DC. a DC? this DC. is dc okay so yep. dc and because this is not a hero that i'm really familiar with the blue beetle give it to me here yeah you might as well just call him spider-man okay so yeah he's a recent college grad he finds himself uh in possession of this ancient relic that melds with him and makes him into the blue beetle and uh you know he's of course fighting off an evil corporate uh crazy woman who wants to use that scarab, that ancient relic, to make it make a, let's just say an evil force that she can control? And listen, it's silly and fun, and and I really like the kid who plays uh, Blue Beetle, the Zolo Miraduena. If you ever watched Cobra Kai, you know who he is, and uh, and you know he is just very entertaining. He fulfills that Spider-Man kind of energy, right? The young kid, he loves his family. He's just trying to do the right thing. You know, he's going to protect his family at any cost. He's overwhelmed by all these new powers that he has. Oh, and this ancient relic talks to him, and they have conversations, and it tries to guide him. And you know what? I'm going to go three waffles. And the reason it's three waffles is because George Lopez is in here as Uncle Rudy, and he's funny. All right. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, because DC's been kind of meh, but maybe they're turning. Yeah. Maybe they're turning the corner on this. It's got the right humor. I think is important in these movies. They don't need to take themselves quite so seriously. Um, all right. Well, we're out of time. Uh, Willie Waffle, WaffleMovies.com. My friends, thanks for joining us. If you missed anything today, don't forget to hit it on the podcast. Available wherever you find great podcasts. We will see you tomorrow or Monday. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense Radio. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's where, you know, DC keeps making, I mean, they were making them and they were mostly like, you know, dark and oh I'm, yeah, I'm Batman and, you know, Superman Brooding. and everything's brood. I mean, you know, it was just, yeah. it was not, and, and yet even in all the Marvel movies, there was always a moment somewhere of levity, of fun. And some of them were just downright hysterical, like Ragnarok and, and Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff like that. They were just funny. I mean, they just literally, it was comedy, you know, mixed in liberally with everything. Uh, and now that, uh, <clears throat> now that, uh, not Feige, what's his name? Uh, 
uh, James Gunn is over with DC. Yeah. Did he have a part of this? Is this part of his new launch? He did not. But he did not. But he said that that Blue Beetle is probably going to survive. That that um, you know he really kind of likes what they're doing with it. Uh, he he kind of likes uh, the story. He likes the character. Uh, so uh, there there is a very 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 good chance that the Blue Beetle will be part of the DC universe moving forward. And I think that gives you, I think, a little bit of insight, like you said, into Gunn's philosophy. You know, he wants to make it a little bit more like the Marvel movies. Now, he can't copycat them because then he'd just be a copycat. But I agree with you. I mean, there's enough levity and, and humanity in those movies that is what set them apart from the DC movies. And so yeah. while we're going to probably see the Flash getting thrown by the side of the road, whereas poor, poor Wonder Woman is probably going to be left behind, yeah. the Blue Beetle will survive. Well, it'll be interesting. I mean, he can't really copycat himself. I mean, he did all the Guardians movies and everything that's else. That's true. So, I mean, you know, it's just his style. And I think that I think that's going to shine through. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with it. Although, I'm still bummed about the whole Superman thing. I mean, Henry Cavell is like the superman just like he was the Geralt. he was just you know he's wh- really good i know what are you yeah. thinking what are you thinking but okay i mean it is the multiverse you could just suck him in from another universe and say this superman is here now i mean if you wanted to well i i think the falling out there is probably too severe for him to ever want to go back. yeah no i think i think that but, bridge has been yeah. burned with napalm so yeah yeah and and on honestly i think they went for a young superman because they have this vision that they're going to have this kid signed up as Superman for 10 or 15 years, whereas Cavill's probably not going to last that long, although he's in good shape. Yeah. Um, no. He's probably not going to do 10 or 15 years. Now, I frankly, I think that's silly because what does last 10 or 15 years anymore? I mean, you know, just go with what you got for a couple of movies and then you can change if you need to. Yeah. But, hey, what do I know? Yeah, what do we know? We just, we just talk about it. We don't actually create anything i guess um all right well uh mr waffle thank you my friend next week we're back with more Fun. oh yes how about the gran turismo is out there and uh i i'm looking forward to this i think you might be looking forward to this star wars ahsoka yeah i am definitely i just finished andor and did you wow okay. wow what an amazing show. Uh, so good to see all that backstory, to see the rise of the Empire, to see the crushing grip that they were placing on the pe- It's just, it's fantastic. And they get such good actors, so many good actors in these things. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with Ahsoka. So uh, thank you, my friend. It's good to talk with you. We'll see you next week. Next week, man. Folks, we are done. Monday. Monday, Monday. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then.
we've shed our terrestrial radio skin, and now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show.